0: Learn more about Messianic Judaism and find helpful resources. May Hashem bless you through the hearing of His Word.
1: We who practice Messianic Judaism are often challenged to explain ourselves.
0: Who we are, what we're about. Questions that may be
1: posed are, what is Messianic Judaism? Or, what's a Messianic Jew? Or if we're a Gentile and we worship in a Messianic Jewish congregation, a question might be, how can you call your religion Messianic Judaism if you're not a Jew? Now answering these questions is not always simple. And it's my hope that this this message will take us a step forward. And being able to respond
0: in a clear and coherent way when the need arises. Whether we
1: are a Jew or a non Jew, our explanation of what Messianic Judaism might be, and, and here these are my words now, my words Messianic Judaism is a new covenant Judaism that is practiced in a congregational context by Torah observant Jewish and Gentile followers of Messiah Yeshua. Our inspired scriptures are the Tanakh called the Old Testament by some and the Kitvei Brit Chadasha, the New Testament. We do not consider the writings of Talmud inspired though we look to them uh, from time to time for uh, Jewish culture. Scripture teaches that if we repent of our sins, we're forgiven if we accept the vicarious sacrifice of Yeshua, who is Messiah. And today we're able to relate to God through the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, in a more intimate way than would have been possible. Uh, and that is, if would have been possible if we lived during the time of Moses. Now the conversation is not likely to end with just one question. And follow-up questions from both Jews and Christians alike might include some of these. How can you say that you're a Jew if you believe in Jesus? Haven't you become a Christian? Or if you're a Gentile, the question might be, if you practice Messianic Judaism or any Judaism for that matter, haven't you de facto become a Jewish convert? Some questions might be more theological and even accusatory. You say that those in Messianic Judaism believe in Jesus. Why then do you call your religion Judaism and not Christianity? Or you say that Messianic Jews are part of the wider Jewish community. How can you say that when most of the Jewish world says you're not? Or what do you mean when you say that? You believe in Jesus, but are Torah observant? Yeah. This person knows a little bit here because they say in Romans six fourteen. Uh, Paul says this: You're no longer under the law, but under grace. So how can you say it? I could continue. There are many possible questions but there's not enough time in this message to address them all. So permit me to present a selective overview of Messianic Judaism in a way that I I hope will be
0: helpful. Now, the first thing on which we should be clear or
1: at least take a stand, is the difference between being a Jew, Messianic or otherwise, and being a practitioner of Judaism, Messianic or otherwise. Judaism, and there are several variations, can be broadly defined as the religion of the Jews. And a Jew is a person who can... believe he can trace his inheritance or inherited identity uh, back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Some say that Jewish inheritance must be through the mother, some say through the father, and some say through either. The predominant view within Messianic Judaism is that it is through either. There's also the question of whether a non-Jew can join the Jewish lineage through a process of adoption called conversion. Those who say yes contend that Ruth of the Bible joined Israel in that way. Uh, It was through her, her utterance to Naomi, your people will be my people, your God. My God, on the other hand, there are those who say no to conversion because they hold that a Jew's lineage that goes back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has to be physical, and covenant words can't accomplish that they say. They point to Paul's words in first Corinthians seven twenty which says each person should remain in the condition. He was in when he was called. And there's also an in-between view of Jewish conversion, which is that conversion where possible should only be done in rare cases and specifically defined cases. Now, what about the matter of whether Messianic Judaism is in reality Christianity wrapped in a Jewish facade. That describes the Hebrew Christian movement of the 19th and early 20th centuries, but it doesn't describe Messianic Judaism or the Messianic Jewish movement that arose from it. Let me give you some of the history. Spurred by a zeal to, quote, save Jews through getting them to confess Jesus, Christian missionary societies and a few Christian churches began to sponsor Jewish-style worship services led by Jewish Christians. And they met separately and at different times from the churches that sponsored them. The services contained a mixture of Jewish and Christian elements, and their purpose was to create an inviting Jewish environment. Now, I call it Jewish flypaper. It, it, because where Jews could be evangelized and later transitioned into a church. So that's why I call it flypaper, because it wasn't to stay there, but it it was to catch them, see, and then bring them into a church. But these Jewish Christian leaders had no sense of the biblical importance of a Jew maintaining his or her covenantal Jewish identity or of a Jew living a Torah-observant Jewish life. Hebrew Christianity was, as at its inception, nothing more than an evangelistic ploy. Over time, however, Jews who became believers in Jesus, but remained comfortable with their Jewish life, resisted being assimilated. And they began to notice things in the Bible that appeared to validate the importance of maintaining Jewish identity. This spawned a competing movement and they call that competing movement Messianic Judaism. And it immediately came into conflict with those who were promoting Hebrew
0: Christianity. Messianic Judaism grew, and it developed congregationally. And in 1975,
1: the Hebrew Christian Alliance of America that had previously published, they had previously published this statement. I'm going to say it the way I think it probably was said. We felt it as our duty to make it clear that we have nothing to do with this so-called Messianic Judaism in any shape or form. You know what? They changed their name from Hebrew, the Hebrew Christian Alliance of America to the Messianic Jewish Alliance of America. From that point on, practically, All Jews in Yeshua who believed um, and were part of Jewish congregations became known as Messianic Jews, their congregations, Messianic Jewish congregation, and the religious expression that they practiced, Messianic Judaism. Now, Messianic Judaism is not a comfortable religion of which to be a part because whether we're Messianic Jews or Messianic Gentiles, we receive rejection from both Jewish quarters and Christian quarters alike. Rejection from traditional Jews because certain events in history have caused them to conclude that Christians are their persecutors. So in their way of seeing it, Jews who come to believe in Yeshua have gone over to the enemy, and the Gentiles who join them are their accomplices. We we often receive rejection from a goodly number of Christians because throughout history, the Christian church taught that those whose religious lifestyles were uh, directed toward keeping the Mosaic law in any manner or degree uh, were either backslidden or had never received the grace brought by Yeshua in the first place. These ways of, of thinking have even gone so far as to cause some of parents, both Jewish and non-Jewish, to disown their children for joining Messianic Judaism. I think some of us may have even experienced that. That's the bad news. The good news is that the bad news gives Messianic Judaism its unique ministry purpose and reason to exist. We believe that Messianic Jews and Gentiles are charged by God with the responsibility of bringing the good news of Yeshua, including news of the new covenant, to the Jewish people and also with helping the Christian church return to its historic and biblically mandated connection to God through God's covenant people, Israel. The need for both of these ministries arose because of two wrongful rejections. The majority of the Jewish people rejected their Messiah, and many in the Christian church rejected the Jews, and they made a blue-eyed, blonde-haired Gentile of theirs. One is only to read the book of Romans to see how out of whack with God's plan for humanity,
0: both of these are. Now I'd like to explain what we mean when we
1: say that Messianic Judaism is a Judaism, and that our congregations are part of the wider Jewish community. In saying this, we, we don't mean that we can freely walk in on the events and activities of a Jewish community that don't want to accept us or want us uh, to be there. That would be arrogant. What we mean is that we are part of God's wider Jewish community, which is the kingdom of priests and the holy nation about which God spoke to Moses in Exodus 19, verses 5 to 6. I'll read that to you. Now, if you will listen to me and carefully keep my covenant, you will be my own possession out of all the peoples throughout all the earth. Uh, that, although all the earth is mine. And you will be my kingdom of priests and my holy nation. These are the words that you are to say to the Israelites, and and God spoke that. When God spoke the words, he, he did not reveal to Moses that a Messiah would one day come that would cause a split in Judaism. God's words were for all members of the kingdom of Israel for all time. And today, that means all Jews, regardless of their belief in Yeshua, regardless of their belief in Yeshua and all Gentile believers in Yeshua who have been called by God to join not only them, but us. It is the kingdom of Israel. That's the wider Jewish community of which we are legitimately a part. Now, sadly, we hear next to nothing from the traditional Jewish community about there being a kingdom priest and uh, a priestly uh, having a priestly responsibility. Uh, but they and we together are nevertheless exactly that. Uh, and by the way
0: if we're a kingdom of priests, to whom we're who, to whom are we priests?
1: The answer is in God's words to Abraham. We look at Genesis twenty-two fifteen. 15. Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me, not 15, 18. Genesis twenty-two eighteen. 18. And all the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring because they have obeyed my command. All the nations of the earth. So, our priestly responsibility is not only to our Jewish people, but to all the Gentile peoples of the world. Now, a word about our being Torah observant. That claim garners criticism from both the Christian community and the Jewish community alike. So, It bears some explanation. First, no one today, not Jews, not Gentiles, not you, nor me, can say that we are Torah obedient. Now, we can't say it if, if what we mean is that we obey the entire Mosaic law. Because during the time of Moses, conditions were such that every commandment in the law could be observed
0: literally. There was a tabernacle. There was an altar. There was an ark in the tabernacle. There were Levitical kohanim.
1: They performed and mediated the required sacrifices. The Spirit of God dwelt in the Ark,
0: and the government of Israel was directly under God.
1: God implemented and enforced the Mosaic Law in every particular. These are not the conditions that we have today. There is no tabernacle or temple.
0: There's no altar or ark. There are no working Levitical koanim. And even if they were, conducting
1: animal sacrifices for sin would be unauthorized because Yeshua's sacrifice replaced our need for those particular sacrifices. Now what's more, under the Ruach HaGodesh, We are able to relate to God in a way that during the time of Moses, the average Israelite could not, because the Rachel Kadesh could not live within the average Israelite. The Rachel Kadesh could live within specific people that were called prophets, but not in the individual Israelite. Excuse me. So that's why we can't be what we call Torah observant, meaning we can't obey all parts of the Torah. Excuse me. We cannot be Torah obedient. We can be Torah observant because Torah observant means being knowledgeable of the Mosaic law and making appropriate substitutions for our different circumstances where they're needed all the denominations of traditional judaism make those substitution decisions and messianic judaism does so as well so why does our being torah observant getting us into trouble when the rest of the jewish community practices it, it's because the way we seek to keep Torah is Jewish the way they seek to keep Torah. And they contend, wrongly we say, of course, that um, they say that, that we're not Jewish. So it's like we're impersonators. Um, Now, as for many Christian churches, uh, it doesn't matter to them how we choose to observe uh, God's law. Our mere attempt to do it is enough to cause a goodly number of them uh, to write us off as either backslidden Christians or unregenerated Jews. Now, this matter of our Messianic Jewish communities being Torah observant, Requires further discussion because it's not within, with, without some controversy, uh, even among ourselves. To begin with, we're not all Jews in our congregations. We're Gentiles as well. The Jews among us rightly feel an obligation to the Torah because the law that was given through Moses was spoken to Israel and not to the Gentile nations. That notwithstanding, and by the way, uh, you remember how Scott introduced all the education I had? That allows me to use words like that notwithstanding. Scriptures make it clear that the Mosaic Law, and as a matter of fact, the Mosaic Covenant itself, while given to the Israelites, was also spoken to the Gentiles who lived among the Israelites and that were part of that community. And I'd like like to read something to you that I'm, I'm sure many of us have read, but I'd like you to pay attention to this now. This is Deuteronomy 29. In the Hebrew Bible, it'll go from verses 9 to 14. And in the English Bible from verses 10 to 15. Today, you are standing, all of you, before Adonai your God. This is coming from Mount Sinai now. Adonai your God, who's standing there? Your heads, your tribes, your leaders, and your officers. All the men of Israel, along with your little ones, your wives, and what is this I read? And your foreigners, foreigners, says, and your foreigners here with you in your camp. From the ones who chops your wood to the one who draws your water. Listen to this now also. Deuteronomy 31, verses 10 to 12. Moshe gave them these orders. At the end of every seven years, during the festival of Sukkot, in the year of Shemitah, when all Israel have come to appear in the presence of Adonai at the place he will choose, you are to read this Torah before all Israel so that they can
0: hear it. Assemble the, now listen, assemble the people, the men, the
1: women, the little ones, and what's this? The foreigners? It says the foreigners. The foreigners you have in your town so that they can hear Learn, fear, and fear Adonai your God, and
0: take care to obey all the words of this Torah. Being called to be part of a Jewish community
1: is more than just attending services. And we who are Jews and we who are Gentiles who are specifically called are called to live a similar kind of life that we call Torah-observant life. It's not just the Jews, it's also for the Gentiles that God has specifically called to join us in a very close way. Now, albeit not for necessarily for Gentiles who live apart somewhere else, Unconnected with the Jewish community, but for us who are connected,
0: we live a similar kind of life. Now, I previously—if uh, I, if I repeat myself, please forgive me—but
1: I previously pointed out that due to our new circumstances, none of us can today obey the entire Mosaic law literally. And we therefore, have, therefore, we have to make substitutions. Well, how do we decide what substitutions to make? Uh, I think there are only two proper ways. The first, which I think is proper, we adhere to the traditions of the uh, Jewish uh, community of our choosing, that is, the community of which we're a part. If those are the traditions they adopt and we want to be part of that community, we should keep those traditions. Secondly, we pray and we ask the Ruach HaKodesh to direct us individually in the privacy of our homes. Now, there's so much more I I could say and, if this message has perked your desire to know more about these things, uh, who we are, what we're about as Messianic Jews and, and Gentiles, and particularly Gentiles who have been called, we call, we call those of us who are Gentiles who are called, uh, we, we, we call them Chove Yisrael, Chove Yisrael, singular, Chove <laughs> Yisrael, plural. Um, please contact me or contact one of the uh, Tikvot leaders and we will be happy to discuss it with you at length. Lord, thank you for this message. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to address Tikvot Israel. And uh, thank you all for ha- having me come to share it with you today. In the name of Yeshua. Amen.